This episode was recorded on October 25th, 2020. Hello, and welcome to the comic panel. I'm Shawinta. I'm Taylon. I'm Cody. And I'm Jacob. This week, we're going to be discussing Monster by Naoki Urasawa. And, um, and Shawenta, I accuse line. you. No, I accuse her first of making us read more <laughs> robot fiction. <laughs> Without. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it's not robot. Did I read the wrong? Yeah, there's no robots in this. There isn't? Is, is this not another robot detective? He said that he's typing and he's storing it in a floppy disk. <laughs> no, he's just weird, like, East German Sherlock Holmes, kinda. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> but he's not a robot. all right. Not a robot. <laughs> no, this is, uh... This okay. takes place in Germany. Also, we're talking about a doctor. <laughs> 1986. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is. It is. <laughs> there's like just historical connotations that they bring into play about this like realistic <laughs> historical drama. Before we get too much into uh, the book, I do want to say that um, it was about a month ago now we reviewed Spawn by Todd McFarlane. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was about a I month. I feel ago. like that was. It feels like more, but I'll, I'll believe it was a mug. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and it was. So, so I, I watched a sci-fi wire documentary of Todd McFarlane and, and his life. And so I, I have a newfound respect for Spawn now after watching that. Because hmm. the long story short, it was a story of this guy who's like, you guys have a certain way of doing things. I have a different way of doing things. And them trying to be like, no, let's stick to where it's safe. And he's like, no, but the fans want something better. And so that, that, was, that is what prompted him to leave Marvel and then take a couple of uh, fellow colleagues with him to Image. And so... I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know if it was like... I don't know how long ago this documentary was, but um, Spawn reached issue 300, which apparently tied for the longest running creator-owned series ever. And I'm like, that, wow, that's good. That is very impressive. And kudos to you. And, and, like, they, I, and basically okay. he was just like, you know, I had, I had to have a confidence in what I was doing, in the product that I was putting out there, to weather the storms that came my way, because there, you know, he made some mistakes, uh, like basing a character off of a hockey player, and that hockey player did not like that, and then he had some, <laughs> he did some mistakes with, uh, what was that? Some guy sued him for three of the Spawn characters. I, I can't remember his name. 
you know what oh I mean? neil gaiman yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but yeah and so anyway you know it, it was just him being like he, he kind of left us with like so there are two things he was like you know i would rather uh i would rather be the person who started this thing and kept it going and if it failed then it would be by my own merits and not somebody else but if it also succeeded it would be my my merits and i was like that that to me is is uh, isn't uh, a train of thought that i respect very much because i you know I, I would much rather be responsible for the successes and failures because to me it's like when you blame somebody else or when you have these excuses for the reasons that you're not succeeding, whether or not they're valid, it is taking the power outside of your hands to change your situation or to change where you're at. So to him, to him be like, hey, if it succeeded, if it failed, it would, it's my fault, right? So I was, I was like, hey, I appreciate that, you know, that, that kind of thought. And it was, and then he was like, all right, so, you know, I've reached some level of success and it is therefore kind of my responsibility to tell the next generation to be like, hey, you know, this is possible, right, to, to inspire you. Because he was, he was also inspired by a previous um, comic book creator to, to get into comics as well. So I was like, man, you know, that, I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Like I, I feel like it is possible that maybe we're a little hard on Todd McFarlane in our Spawn episode, and it's not because I don't like Todd McFarlane. Like I have a lot of respect for him because, like you said, he is a successful person. He's obviously a good artist, and it takes a lot to start your own company, regardless of whatever field you're in. But it's, it's just those first couple issues of Spawn just aren't good. Like, I don't have anything against him as a person. Mm-hmm. They're just not the greatest when it comes to comic or to, yeah, to comics as the medium. And it's like, yeah. it, but, you know, it still speaks that, like, of all of, like, the comics that started then, because, like, the 90s were, like, not not a great time for comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does speak a lot that Spawn is the one that made it. Like, yeah. they're the Google to, like, make a connection to like the dot com boom it's like they're the one that survived they're the one that's still around and you know we're not knocking i don't think we're knocking that or Todd McFarlane as a person it's just a matter of some comics just aren't good yep. or not even i mean i will if they're not I, good you just don't like them sorry I, I will say that i do find todd McFarlane kind of annoying as a person like Basically, there's, like, <laughs> Rob Liefeld and then, like, Todd McFarlane. And then, <laughs> um, but, yeah, because, like, you know, I, I recently finished uh, listening to the audiobook for um, Marvel Comics' The Untold Story. And, yeah, he, there was an interview where, in, in the comics journal, I think, I tried to find the exact quote, but I couldn't um, quickly, but... Basically, they asked him, like, what his favorite book was or something, and then he was like, you know, I don't actually read much except for the sports page, 
and like basically I can just like <laughs> I can just draw whatever you know in the background and you know if it makes enough sense the kids will buy it <laughs> and it was just like oof Wait, Todd man <laughs> yeah <laughs> hmm. it's just like I don't know I don't know he's mm-hmm. definitely kind of like you know for as much as he's all like artistic integrity and like you know, sticking up for the little guy against the big companies. It really feels sometimes like he's a businessman. <laughs> More than anything. Well, well yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was something that he was talking about in the uh, Sci-Fi Wire uh, documentary was that for his vision for Spawn was he wanted to set up four pillars. That was comics, movies, TV shows, and... Um, toys and so mm-hmm. he went and he Got did that those. no no he did all those he had a, i mean okay spawn. but like and yeah like okay there's a spawn movie but like nobody remembers it fondly and <laughs> i think the same can be said for the tv show but like he's still out there making comics and making toys well well the tv show i think people remember that fondly Hard to say. I'm not a big Spawn head, so mm-hmm. but I do know that like Todd McFarlane and Image are still putting out at least two of those. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was okay. just something I wanted to say was that yeah, I newfound mm-hmm. respect for Spawn. I mean, it did Fair its enough. job as a documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's also the case. Is like the documentary was probably supposed to make you feel that way. If you talk to, like, anybody else about Todd McFarlane, they might have a different opinion. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, I take back my accusation. It was totally not serious anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, he's... Like, you know, he is weird, that detective. But... Uh, I didn't get, like, big robot vibes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, just a quirk to show that he's so perceptive oh, oh. because he has his weird ways. I, I okay, I know what you mean, Cody. Okay, now I can. I now I got you. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, because I was, like, I was thinking of the like, like the local cop character, and not uh, the no, guy no, 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 no. the other the BKA. BKA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, Cause especially because I, I, <laughs> I just thought because, um, you know, more than just saying that he was typing in the floppy disk, because the, the normal cop guy, like the local police officer, asked him, do you think he suspect, or, or no, has anybody suspected you yet? And so I was like, oh, so he's like serious. That's, that's what that means. <laughs> <laughs> So this has robots too. I was like, oh, just kidding. <laughs> this man from a secretive agency is obviously also a robot. The the guy's name is Inspector yeah. Weisbach. He he's he's the um detective that um is like the local cop. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then there's the Inspector Lund. Yeah. Lund, yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, okay. Um, anyway, though, that's the middle of the story. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the beginning starts off in Germany, 1886. Nin- 1986. Jesus. 1986. <laughs> Germany, 1986. Um, I'm going to totally mix up saying which one it is. It's the one side of the wall before the wall's fallen. It's east, uh, west, no, west. 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 No, West was the West. West Germany was the free part. It was under okay, like okay. Allied control, and then East Germany so, was under Soviet control. The and reason then, I was going to say East is because the the two those two characters had just moved from East Germany mm-hmm. to this area. Yeah, so yeah. they kept saying East Germany, East Germany. And then um, yeah, there's also thing for like Berlin is also split up, but this isn't in Berlin, so we're not going to worry about that too yeah. much. So we, we get to see the main character, um, Dr. Tenma. I'm forgetting Kenzu, his first name at the Kenzu Tenma. Yeah, Kenzu Tenma. He's Japanese. Um, he's moved here to Germany. We find out uh, to like further his research and whatever. Um, and it comes out that he's a really great surgeon. Like he has, you know, impeccable skills at staying calm and like you know, surgery. <laughs> yeah, there's a um, lot of medical terminology that they just kind of throw out with very little explanation, including oh, like ooh, stuff that they don't need to techno babble. Like they like they call for a roentgram, which is just an X-ray. Mm-hmm. Like you can just say X-ray. That's quicker. <laughs> yep. And the subarachnoid <laughs> hemorrhage, subarachnoid hemorrhage. Arachnoid. <laughs> Yeah, it's so like it's I felt I mean, like it was a spider in his bloodstream. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it was. There's shit like it feels like I'm watching like a bad medical drama where they just like throw out names of stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I know what that is. Oh, the thing is, he the guy who wrote this did study that stuff, so he, it's oh, like gotcha. it's not totally wrong. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying he studied it as like actually, but like he's. He's known for like actually oh. looking into this stuff oh, gotcha. and not just like making it up. But mm. I, I don't think that means that he got like a degree in it. So he's having mm. to like make up stuff that they would be interested in like research wise back then, like the hemorrhaging and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so the whole thing with Dr. Tenma is he's really good at this uh, job. He wants to rise in position in the hospital, obviously, so he can continue his research, um, clinical research is he's currently dating Eva, um, the daughter of, I want to say the director of the hospital? Director Heinemann. Is that what he is? The, the hierarchy is also kind of weird. Like, I didn't get a good sense of who was in charge. And then, like, in one of the later chapters, they introduced, like, this board of directors who has been barely mentioned yeah. up until this point. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even show <laughs> up until then. They just... I mean, mm-hmm. that's kind of how it is, isn't it? They only convene when it's convenient. <laughs> I guess, but like, I guess that. I get the play. <laughs> convenient, uh, convenient. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I get like, it's like a little criticism. It's just like I feel like for people who are unfamiliar with like the hierarchy of like a hospital, mm-hmm. they could have uh, explained that a little more. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. just like, oh, this guy's the head of surgery. This guy's the head of administrator. 
Except yeah. then there's also these directors. And it's you, like, okay, but I think how's kinda, that? I'm saying you, but I mean, like, in general, I think the audience get, because of that, kind of misses the uh, stakes at play here, where it's like, I don't totally understand which position Dr. Tenma is vying for and mm. what the implications of that even are. Like, what what kind of power does that come with? Um, but we're just kind of placated by, like, oh, he wants to obviously get a promotion. He wants to keep his good position because they, you know, they rely on him as the best doctor. So what it comes out in the beginning is that he's operating, he successfully operates on this opera singer who had a stroke. I'm not remembering at the moment. Yeah, there's a suspicious yeah, amount a of, like, I guess it is a neurosurgeon, so you're going to see a lot of it, but, like, it seems like there's a suspicious amount of, like, brain injuries in a very short amount of time. Well, well, that that was the position that he wanted. That, that's, like, his kind of position, right? Well, it's just, like, people are just, like, collapsing, and they're having... I mean, it's a big hospital, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's a city, too. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, like, I understand. It's like it's like the opposite of, like, when you have a hammer, everything looks like nails. When you are a neurosurgeon, you're going to see all the neurosurgeon stuff. But, like, how are they all happening all at once when, like, you have to choose? <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah. So, yeah, so he operates on this famous opera singer, and it gets great coverage for the hospital and whatever. Mm-hmm. But what he finds out... What it comes out is he originally was going into the operating room to operate on a Turkish laborer that had been brought in with a head injury or something. I can't remember what. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was pulled away from that operation quickly because they said, oh, so-and-so has come in. We need you right now. And the person in charge of choosing, you know, which operation you go to went, well, you're going to be off of this one. Come over here. And he went along with it because, you know, you just follow along so that everything runs smoothly. And what it comes out is his choice to do that means that the Turkish laborer died. And I, I do kind of like, like looking at it from afar, it's, it's kind of humorously arrogant that he's like, oh, if I had worked on him, he would have been saved. But I mean... It, he's kind of validated by the story and the fact that his co-workers just seem to be not that great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why is he the only good doctor? Like, all the other doctors like seem like they can't do their job at all. I don't think it's a great hospital if you go, well, we have to make a choice, and one of these people is going to die because we have only one good doctor. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking, like, in the first part of the story, was like, get better doctors! Okay, but to be fair, this is, like, this is 1986, so, like, not as advanced in medicine, we can kind of claim, and, like, where they are, and, like... But it's still, like, the modern world. Like, it's not the 17th century. That's what annoys me about what happens later with the promotion. Okay, well, um, so, you know, he obviously he's kind of upset by that and he brings it up to his girlfriend Eva and she says what's that great line not all lives are equal while holding a wine glass after having like I love the fact that the conversation is interrupted also by um so he she's they're at dinner together and Eva is like so 
we were fighting over this dress, but don't worry, me and my friend, I beat her and I got the dress. And he's like, anyway, at the hospital, I think I had to choose between two people's lives. <laughs> and she's like, that's fine. <laughs> I I just and, I, I just like love the fact that her her saying not all lives are equal is takes up the majority of the page. It's like, oh whew, the impact of that. I mean that freaking so that first chapter, I think it's the first chapter, it's the first two chapters where he's just it's a little bit comedic where he just keeps having these flashbacks to things that we've had seen him have flashbacks to already. <laughs> um, I mean, we should say that obviously um, Nao Girasawa's work is usually released chapter by chapter, you know, month by month. So you would need uh, to remember stuff that happened. So you need a little bit more of a reminder as compared to the fact that we're reading this all in one book. But... I should say, I'm pretty sure he has, like, two flashbacks to her saying those words in the same chapter. <laughs> so it's just like... <laughs> uh, I mean, it's it's meant to show the mental anguish that it brings to him. Because, mm. you know, he... It's a little bit... I, I have read more than this first volume. But I should say the first volume feels a little bit weak as far as characterizing him. Other than him being like, good things, I want to be good and mm -hmm. save people. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I think the eventual villains that he goes up against are so, like, fundamentally different. Where they're like, no, saving people's lives is, like, cool and all, but, like, medical research comes first. Mm -hmm. Like that for him to be like maybe saving people's lives is important is super radical as comparison to all of them mm -hmm. yeah like even his co-worker who like late in a later chapter is late to surgery because he was busy like banging a nurse or something he's like sorry guys mm -hmm. <laughs> like embarrassment slightly so um so is that um villain not the villain we met at the end of this volume um no no i'm talking mainly about the villains that are in this volume and even oh, okay. the major villain we meet at the very end of the volume oh, okay um so you know he's kind of struck by this comment that she makes that not all lives are equal and at that point he doesn't how think should I really be dating this person? I feel like it should have come up earlier. <laughs> I, I do like the fact that, yeah, he's like, thinks that, I mean, that just kind of shows what kind of person he is. Like, he doesn't see that as uh, there's something wrong with her so much as like, oh, she needs to be corrected, sort of. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, if I just mm -hmm. tell, explain it to her, she'll get it that like other people's lives mm -hmm. matter. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean the same goes for when she brings him back to uh, her father's place after their date uh, and she of course invites him in and she's very well off I think mm -hmm. she says towards the beginning um, when she's coming to check on him after the surgery you know he's constantly having to do these late hours and sleeping in during the day she's like oh don't worry about me I can't live uh What's the word she says? I can't live badly. 
she pretty much says, I cannot go through hardship. Like, huh. I need to have a comfortable life, she reminds him. And that's why you're doing these long hours. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> um, but the fact that she constantly makes it about herself. You know, so she brings him to her father and, you know, she compliments. Oh, she said this previously uh, in the first scene with him. And, I mean, major red flag where she's like, my father loved the thesis you're writing. Anyway, can he use it? Like, he's going to directly hand over all the scientific, like, yeah. information he's been collecting from these trials for her father's sake to impress people. Mm-hmm. It, was, um, it was also, he, he didn't he also say in a separate, I don't I think there's a flashback of him being like, oh yeah, your research is canceled. That research you're doing? This, this is what happens right here, pretty much, I think. Oh, I thought that was two different things, where he was like, oh, wait, no. No, no, no he that's was like, later, actually. That's totally... No, I'm not. I, I, I know what you're talking about, but we'll get to that, because, mm-hmm. I mean, the tables turn on him very quickly. You know, mm-hmm. Tenma at the moment yeah. is um, doing very well. People look up to him. Uh, you know, of course, he's got this rich and nice girlfriend. Nice as in attractive, I guess. Um... And so, you know, he's there at their house, and the father, he's, I'm trying to remember, he's trying to direct him to new research, I think. He's like, oh, no, no, you know, this is great what you've written, but, like, I need this other stuff because I just got invited to this conference. So, you need to direct your attention to what I think is the priority. And of course, you kind of see him roll over where he's just like, okay, yeah, sure. Um, and of course, it bothers him. I'm trying to remember exactly what... Oh, oh, the father says, like I said, um, I mentioned it sort of. The father says, saving lives comes second to the medical research that we are looking at doing. And so that gripped with what his daughter has said to Tenma, you know... He's upset by both of those statements. And then he, the next day he gets like confronted by the um, Turkish laborer's wife, who he had seen crying in the hallway. Uh, she tells him, you know, my husband came in first before the opera singer. I know that you didn't operate on him. You were, you were operating on the opera singer. Why didn't my husband get the best care first? Mm-hmm. And, you know... She's basically cries on him and, you know, she's brought their child with her. So it's just like standing in a room being berated by someone who is very clearly distraught. Um, yeah. You know, that pair also, of the two statements kind of bothers him a lot. Also, I was just going to say, I had not realized, like, I don't know if this is like, you know just a thing in Europe, or if it's the same in the United States, or only, like, you know, before the 21st century, but, um, I didn't know that practicing doctors did, uh, research, too. Like, that was just a shock in and of itself, like, more so than the morality, or, well, not more so than the morality, obviously the morality hit the hardest, but, like, I was like, oh, you guys are, like, you know, not only are you putting the research above saving people's lives i thought that like you know 
like saving lives was like the only thing you did <laughs> you know i didn't know that <laughs> yeah. doctors even like i thought that there would be like medical research is or something i don't know <laughs> yeah like just have two different jobs yeah, i don't know <laughs> it's interesting because i mean i think he discusses it later to himself. Tenma is like thinking over why he came here because he wanted to do further research into stuff he's interested in medically. And then he just sort of found out that he was a great surgeon and that kind of somehow mm -hmm. becomes this, you know, it gets in the way because everybody wants him to constantly be the one doing the surgery because they know he's going to do great. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, how did you find out you were a great surgeon by accident? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't he, know. It's, it's just weird that... There nothing about balancing water on his head as a kid. Like, um... Well, I mean, in actuality, I'm pretty sure what he says is, you know, he was just sort of like, well, I have to do a job here or else they're not going to keep me here. So mm -hmm. surgery it is because I've been trained in that. And then it just came out that he was the best one around because mm -hmm. I guess all of them just are really bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like I might skip something by accident. But this all all these feelings he's having sort of come to a head when he f when um the police are called to the scene of a break in a parent break in mm -hmm. these two um foreign officials they just moved from east germany to they were, this they were part fugitives. of germany they escaped I think yeah right. they escaped but the, i think they had like an actual like they had some sort of importance in the government they were yeah. um I want to say like delegates or something like some kind of or like ambassador like some kind of vague government job yeah foreign dignitaries i don't know it was it was also interesting that they at the end of that issue they were mentioned in the beginning while they were he was watching the news yeah yeah so the i mean in the one of the first that's the second scene actually they get mentioned. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, Eva's woken him up because he just got done with that surgery of the opera singer. It's on the news in the background. Um, and I think it's, it makes sense because they're, like we said, they have some importance in um, the government of East Germany and they just mm -hmm. escaped from there and moved here with their two, um, their twin children. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's like, it's a little bit newsworthy. Yeah. Um, and then right after that is the opera singer news. So they, like, find out how great it did for the hospital, the uh, logistics. Um, but, yeah, so this sort of comes to a head. Um, the two parents are murdered. Uh, and the twin sister is found standing over her brother's body. And he's been shot in the head. And... So, of course, he's still alive, actually. The parents are dead. And the boy is brought to the hospital. 
at the same time as I mean, I guess I can kind of see that Jake where it's like <laughs> the mayor has now just been fatally like whatever. Yeah. I don't know what medical thing it is that happened to him. He had but like pretty a much thrombosis or something, which is like a, a clot in your head. Yeah. I mean, well, I, oh, a thrombosis is a clot, and then it just happened to be in his head. I, I think, I mean, yeah, it is really weird that it's just like, but <laughs> I, I think also just the fact that they're kind of old people in like, this is the 80s. <laughs> the mayor. Um, Maybe it's just yeah. something in the it water. Is also Ger- I don't know. It is also Germany, probably eating like a lot of sausage, you know, not not very health conscious <laughs> in the 1980s. Like, okay, but I can see that, like, giving them heart problems, but not necessarily what are supposed to be, like, rare neurological conditions. Okay. I I don't know the difference between the words. It was just two in a row. It's just two in a row, man. They were just eating so much of the same meals, that famous opera singer and the mayor. Yeah. Too extravagant. Um,. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, so the mayor is brought in at the same time, and so Tenma's pretty much being told, like, oh, you're about to go in and operate on that boy who's just been shot in the head, and there's the bullet still in his brain? Uh, we need you over here, actually, because the mayor is here, and you know how important the mayor is. I think it's even the yeah. director says it to Tenma himself, uh, where he's like... Now, we need to keep the mayor alive for a little bit longer because he said he's going to give more money to the hospital. I love mm. the way he says it. We need to keep him alive for a little bit longer. <laughs> like, should be a nice little perk of keeping him alive. <laughs> yeah, if um, he comes yeah, back also... and he's not going to give us more money, <laughs> we, we, could, we could just, you know, then what was not the point? assign you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, next time he has a super rare uh, neurological condition, we won't send you to save his life. (laughs) So, yeah, Tenma is haunted by the words of Eva, who's like, not all lives are equal, smiley face. Mm -hmm. And the director himself being like, eh, saving lives is kind of a cool thing we do sometimes. But like, it's it's only a perk of the job. It's not. We consider it. Yeah, we (laughs) consider it something to do sometimes. Uh, and, you know, once again, flashbacks, and he's just thinking of the emotions of, you know, the Turkish laborer's wife coming in and confronting him like that. Like, you could have not done that, and my husband would be alive, and I would be in such a bad situation. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you choose that? Why would you choose his life, you know, trying to value one life over the other? Um and so he chooses to go against everybody's directions and he goes in and does surgery on the young boy and mm-hmm. removes the bullet from his brain. And that kid makes a great recovery, I should say. <laughs> yeah, like no scars, nothing. Like he's looking great. Well, well not just that, the fact that like <laughs> So of course we'll talk about that. Um so, so it was also yeah. in this issue, um, where that I, I think it was flashback to the research. So Kenzu was like, yeah, I'm doing research on subarachnoid hemorrhage. Uh, and the director was like, no, actually, cancel your research. I want you to write a manuscript that I will present on a proposal to implement a continent-wide medical care network 
brought about by the new electronics media. Yeah, yeah, I mentioned that, but I like mischaracterized it as him mm. being invited to a conference mm. uh, and needing something from Tenma. This is, yeah, that's a lot bigger than just like a speech. Yeah, and then but yeah, he totally is like just eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I like the this thing that you just memorable. presented is the most important. Oh, sorry, Taylan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was also a memorable part where he was like, the director was like. You know, people people are confused about what doctors actually are. We're not volunteers, okay? We're focused on the <laughs> academic first and saving lives second. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, that's the famous line between Eva's "Not all lives are equal." Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Yeah, her Ooh. father's whole thing We're focused on saving lives second. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, so Tenma made that choice, and so he can continue to take pride in himself morally. And he faces, of course, immense fallout from that. The fact that, well, first of all, everybody's like, well, Mayor's dead, died, thanks a lot for that. Mm -hmm. We only have one good surgeon that we can ever use. Yeah. The one good card in our D&D dagger. (laughs) (sighs) Um, freaking, sorry. I get so mad thinking about it. Like, all the different little domino effects. Her, Eva's like, ignore now. And suddenly she's dating a new dude. And he gets she's removed. Like, um, ten. There you go. Yeah, literally at the party. Um, but no, he gets removed as, um, head of surgery, right? Or he gets passed mm-hmm. over. I think... He had some position, and he kind of gets demoted, I think. Yeah. I, just like I, I don't think right Oh, yes, okay, at the, you're right, you're right. At the party, at the party, they're like, ah, oh, and the new head of surgery, and mm-hmm. Tenma's like, better go up there. The director's like, ha, don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this new nominee, and they yeah. bring in, you know, what is it, the doctor who, mm-hmm. who did the surgery on the mayor, and that yeah. he died still. Yeah. Yeah. So, he's, so the he's lost his last two patients. <laughs> Look, <laughs> that that's what made me so mad. I was like, "You're literally promoting the guy who had his patients cannot die. do his. You job. mean the guy who couldn't? That's, say, that's literally the guy. I mean, that's literally real life. That's literally real okay, life. Yeah, like that's, they say, true, it's though. politics. You yeah. literally can like mess up at your job like a billion times, and mm-hmm. if you know the right people. They're like, well, it's a great guy. Only yeah, kills I, you people. I've def- like, it's not the same, but like, I worked at a grocery store, and I can't tell you the number of times like I saw people get passed over for promotions than like people who were demonstrably worse at their job, mm-hmm. and they got the they got the good stuff. So it's like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the one slacker doctor was talking and to Tenma about that, where he's like, <laughs> I was going to say, the, the one doctor that was talking to Tenma about that previously, before like all this fallout happened, he was like, ah, you're dating the director's daughter, mm-hmm. you know, you're best friends with the director, you, you know that he's using you. Yeah. There's and power you're letting him used. use you because it yeah, because it helps you. Hmm. And he go and he even goes, you know, there's power in being used, like you said. Um, hmm. 
I wish I was being used. It's like, maybe if you were decent at anything, people would want to take advantage of you. He's like, oh, well, at least the ladies are interested in doctors. (laughs) I almost had that guy pegged as the bad guy. He's too much of comedic relief for that. He's too incompetent. Like he's too much ex- of a slacker. A... Like he'd just be napping. <laughs> that's exactly why you wouldn't. <laughs> that would be a good him, disguise, really. though. <laughs> yeah. He's not actually napping. He's strategizing in his mind with his <laughs> eyes closed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh... Okay. Uh, so the position anyway, that he so... was passed over was the position as chief cranial nerve surgeon. I mean, I think they said it's like head of surgery, sort of. Sort of. Mm-hmm. That's how they said the shorthand for it sometimes. So yeah, he. I love it's it's very dramatic how they pass him over. They're not just like, hey, we're not going to give it to you anymore. They literally were like at the party. He's ready to walk up there, and they're like, "Not you! Mm-hmm. Like, what are you even doing here?" <laughs> yeah. And they tries to walk. Um, you know, of course, that's upsetting. This is the thing he's been kind of looking forward to, and everybody's been patting him on the back. You know, all your hard work, everything you've shown to us, like this great performance, is going to be rewarded. And then it doesn't. You know, him choosing his morals over their directions you know, leads to this, this fallout. Uh, what is it? Yeah, I think he even says, is this the part where the director says to him that his research is entirely canceled? Not even just to put it off to the side? No. This is where he was okay. like, uh, you're not, your your prospects of improving are zilch. And don't even think about you going are never somewhere go- else. You are never going to get a promotion yeah. and you are not going to be able to work somewhere else because you're a foreign doctor and I will not write you a letter. Yeah. And, you know, that's... And then he gets passed over at the ceremony and so he walks out and he sees Eva who's hurrying into the party and he's like, oh, Eva, you got to talk to your dad about this. you got to explain to him, like, the decision I made and why I had to make it. And she looks at him, and she drops her engagement ring and walks in. Mm. And she's like, oh, it was Dr. So-and-so. And he's like, oh, you look as beautiful as always, Eva. And just like, that's it. They're dating now. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Norton was his name. Yeah. Um, freaking... How does it feel to be... No, you know what? You know what? I, I would want to say, how does it feel to be a rebound guy? But I'm sure he doesn't care. Yeah, like, is that, like, her whole purpose, like, as, like, the director's daughter is just, like, you date who I say to, like, to make sure they're in my pocket, I guess? I I feel like it's more of the opposite, where all the guys are lining up because they know that then they get to be closer to the director by dating her. Oh. Thank you for listening. You can catch us on Mondays, 5 to 7 p.m. on KSUA 91.5 FM, The People's Radio. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Comic Panel, It's Comic Time. Or you can follow us on Instagram at the underscore comic underscore panel or like our Facebook page at It's Comic Time. Have a great rest of your day.